Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Luann Pappas from the Scarlet Pearl. As she said, appreciate the beauty that surrounds you, appreciate the people who love you, and appreciate the life you have been blessed with. We should do more of that. That is for sure. Now let's switch gears and move over to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune, a guy who's obviously been in big demand because he wrote the book on Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and it's going to be great to kind of get caught up with him. He also wrote a column talk, talking about um, Sean Payton's legacy in New Orleans. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Ricky. I'm doing, doing really good. Um, good to finally kind of – come to a conclusion on the Sean Payton story. It's kind of hung over our heads for a few weeks, and uh, it's kind of good to see that story uh, finally take a turn. Well, you said you said that you felt like they might back up the Brinks truck and, and get him, and it probably would be Denver, or he was going to just go back to Fox or something like that. And, you know, you, you were you, – he could have gone either way, but you were totally not surprised when he went ahead and moved toward Denver. No, I think it came down to Denver or Fox. I mean, I think that he was – if Denver didn't – if Denver would have hired Jim Harbaugh and I think that was their their top target, uh, I think then he would have gone back to Fox and sat out a year. Uh, I don't think he would have ended up in Arizona, put it that way. So, um, but, you know, just reading what Greg Penner, the owner who's kind of running the operation out in uh, Denver, he's the, the son-in-law of – Rob Walton, who's obviously the heir of the Walmart empire, one of the richest men in the country and in the world, frankly. Um, Greg Penner said they wanted a CEO type coach, a coach with vision, kind of a big picture thinker. Uh, That's of the eight people they interviewed, Ricky. uh, The only ones that qualified for that were Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton. Uh, they would have had to go to a fallback option if they didn't get one of those two men. So it made sense to me when I saw what they were looking for and knowing how Sean Payton operates and wanting to be at a, a functional organization with top ownership and management. Uh, you know, the Broncos are a winning franchise. They have incredibly passionate fan base. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of reasons why it made a lot of sense. It's going to be interesting. <clears throat> we'll come back to New Orleans here in just a second, but it will be interesting to see how he deals with the dysfunctionality that surrounds Russell Wilson, this this sort of prima donna thing that he did with his own office and all these weird things. Uh, boy, that's yeah. not Sean Payton, is it? No, there's going to be a, a transition for Russell Wilson, I can tell you that. I mean, but I think you know, he's a smart guy, and from everything I've heard, he's a very hard worker. I think he wants to be great. Uh, you know, these great athletes like that, uh, they don't get there by, you know, happenstance. So, I think this is going to be good for Russell Wilson. I think it's the perfect fit for him. I think Sean Payton can come in and play to his strengths and get him on track. I mean, I think the biggest adjustment is going to be off the field, not on the field. I mean, there's Russell Wilson's almost a brand unto himself now. You know, he's married to a you know a, a entertainer, a high level. You know, there's just a lot that comes with that package, 
And I think Sean Payton will be able to drill down into that and establish a relationship that's based on football and winning. And I think Russell Wilson, after last year, has probably been humbled. I think it's going to be a good fit in that way. When you think about the evolution that you wrote about in your book about Sean Payton and Drew Brees, the evolution of the offense in New Orleans and this reality that you talk about, this Ph.D. in offense, it will be interesting to see how he approaches that in Denver. Because obviously you don't install everyone in a scenario where you know they all have to have a Ph.D. day one. But it's going to be... It's going to be. He's learned a lot in New Orleans, so he'll be able to take the best of what he's learned about his system. There's a cultural piece to that that's hugely important that he brings in a big way. Um, it's just going to be fun to watch. But you know, Jeff, what's interesting is if you if you look at some of the social media about Sean Payton, particularly coming out of New Orleans, you know, a lot of people aren't 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 saying it's going to be fun to watch at all. They think he's some kind of traitor, and you know there are these there are these sort of social media narratives that have developed, and it's not fair. It's not fair at all. And you actually wrote a column to address it in a way what his legacy was, and um, you know the support that he's gotten from Mickey Loomis and the and the organization. Uh, people can spin that however they want to spin it, but the reality is Sean leaves in incredibly good terms, and his relationship with Mickey Loomis is as solid today as it was when he left this organization. What it, t- tell more about what you think about that. Well, I just think that th- there's a lot of confusion uh, about Sean Payton's departure of a year ago. I, I'm kind of amazed that there's still so much uh, you know, confusion about it. I actually talked I engaged with someone on social media this morning, Ricky, that said, like, he just left without saying anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? He had a press conference where he, he it was almost a two-hour press conference the, the day he announced. I mean, he, I've never been to anything like that in my career. He was so extensive about explaining his actions. So it's just a lot of uh, misunderstanding out there, uh, the fact that he, he needed time away. Uh, you know, now, do I think that he's – kind of invigorated by going to Denver in a new challenge and that that was certainly something that he would entertain. Yes, there's no question about that, but it's not so black and white. Just like all decisions in life, everything involved, it's much more nuanced and myriad and sophisticated than just I had to leave or I want, you know, I didn't want to be in New Orleans. Uh, it's just not that black and white. He, he needed time away personally and professionally. Uh, the organization asked him, Take your time. I mean, Gail Benson told me, she said, look, I told him take a month to make up your mind when he walked away. Well, I mean, that's easy to say, uh, you know, for Gail Benson, but like the football operations has to have a leader. You know, they have to move forward in the offseason. And uh, he knows that. And he also at that time didn't know how long it would take him to get back on the horse. I mean, you don't know when you make these big life decisions like that. You can't just say, "Okay, I'll be ready. In three months, I'll be ready in six months. It might take three years. I mean, Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs, they took multiple years before they got back involved. So he couldn't say, yeah, I'll come back in a year, which is what a lot of people have reported, that he just take a year sabbatical and come back to the Saints. doesn't work that way. So there's just been a lot of uh, false narratives out there about Sean Payton. And I think the thing I wanted to establish is that he's told me, Ricky, Multiple times, unsolicited, not me asking him, would you come back to New Orleans? Him offering without prodding, yeah, I'd come back there. If things were to get to that point and they needed a head coach, 
I'd love to come back there. That's different, as you know, as journalists, than you asking him, would you come back? He was offering it to me without me even asking about it. I think that indicates a level of sincerity. And I also know that he took the time to break down their entire roster, their entire coaching staff, and look at where they needed to fix things and where they didn't. He wouldn't have done that if he had no interest in coming back here. He wouldn't have wasted that time. Why would he even do it? So I just think it's important for people to know it didn't work out. I understand why the Saints didn't bring him back. That's complicated, too. But to act like he didn't want to be here anymore is just not true. What I what I want to help people who are listening to the show understand a little bit better, actually, the kind of reporter columnist that Jeff is. Um, Jeff, without a doubt, the top columnist in the New Orleans region. And the reason why is because he's developed these, these key relationships. It's not just that he can understand by going to practice what's going on, all the dynamics of the typical reporting structure of uh, reporting on a, on a team. And there are a lot of reporters that do that. But just the guy that has the relationships with the key people, from, from Gail Benson to Dean Lashaw, the president of, the, of uh, the Saints, to Mickey Loomis, to Sean Payton, that's the thing that enabled you to write the book Payton Breeze. Uh, that's the, that's the, you've written several books about the Saints, in fact. But the, the level of, of, uh, of relationship building that that takes, where they trust you, where, they're, where, where again, Sean Payton is willing to come to you unsolicited, like you just talked about, and tell you sort of his thoughts about something, um, it takes a lot of work to get there, and no one has relationships like you do. So other reporters who don't have those relationships, they want to pretend that they do. They want to they sort of, you know, Pass their sort of their point of view about the situation in a way that would communicate to others that they really know what they're talking about, and oftentimes they don't, unfortunately. And it feeds into the sort of the social media snowball in a negative way around misinformation that's got to drive you crazy when you know from your relationships what the real score is. Well, look, I've been here a long time, so that helps, right? I mean, you develop sourcing over a long time. I mean, there was a period of time when. Sean Payton and I didn't talk to each other. I mean, Sean had basically blackballed me. I mean, we've been through a lot of ups and downs, as, as a lot of relationships are. But as you know, Ricky, it's a relationship business. I mean, that, that's really what it is, a people business. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been around long enough to know how, how this NFL business works. It's very complicated and a lot of stuff that might seem on the out-facing front uh, or it's not what's going on behind closed doors. And what I try to do, get to the readers, is tell you what the truth is, what's going on in the organization at, at the extent that I can. Sometimes you can't report it. But uh, there's a lot going on behind closed doors that people don't know about. And I'm able to leverage some of that sourcing to provide insight into the team that sometimes other people can't. But we've learned on social media that too often people are waiting for the thought of the day when they when yeah. they, when they get up and uh, they don't do their own research and they find the people who sort of has the narrative they want to believe and then they run with it. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Speaking. We'll see you after this. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Always enjoy my conversations with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. I'm holding in my hand, actually, and for the Super Talk TV audience and YouTube and Facebook audience, the, the book Peyton and Breeze, The Men who built the greatest offense in NFL history by Jeff Duncan with a forward by Steve Gleason. And we've talked about it many times here on, on this show, but it seems to me, Jeff, and this is what I wanted to ask you about that. The, that the book sales from Denver right now should be spiking. And if they're not, I would really talk to your book publisher and get them to do some targeted ads in Denver, because if I were them, I would want to read this book and learn about Sean Payton. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I've been doing a lot of media appearances in the Denver market, as you can imagine. And uh, I get asked about it a lot. And I, I guarantee you, yeah, they should move. And I, look, I, it's funny because you, you sound like you're stumping your own book, which I guess you have to have to to some degree in this business. But I really did tell the, you know, the, the listenership and the viewership out there, if they want to learn about the guy, that book is it. I mean, you're going to learn exactly how his offense operates and, and just the level of attention to detail that they're going to have out in Denver. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to win. I mean, absolutely no doubt. Now, that's a tough division. He's going to knock heads with Justin Herbert twice a year, and who knows, it could be the Super Bowl champs here in a couple of weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but Sean Payton's never backed down from a challenge. He's excited about that. It, he, he told me because that's what gets the juices flowing, you know. So um, those those are going to be epic games once he gets that, that show rolling in Denver. And as, as I said before, you know, my read on it, and you and I have talked about this as well, but it's a book certainly about his offense and his approach and whatever, but it's a book about leadership and management and how to succeed. So yep. I don't care if you care about football or not. To read this book is to learn about how to set goals and have determination and how to focus and burning the midnight oil, all those things. That's that's all spelled out in great detail in this book, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's a really great segue because I'm actually working on the chapter in the Steve Gleason book right now. This morning we were just talking to Steve about his thoughts because he was part of the regime change in New Orleans – uh, he was part of the Hazlitt regime, and then he got kept on by Sean Payton. They saw the leadership and, and, and playing qualities of Steve Gleason, kept him on board. And uh, I said, we need more of that insight into this chapter on the Saints, what your insight was. And he, he sent me this He in his MBA program at Tulane after he retired. Uh, he wrote an entire paper on the leadership ability of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And it's fascinating, Ricky. And it, it, it touches on exactly some of the things you're talking about, establishing culture, uh, you know, building self-esteem, building the work ethic, all these things that apply uh, to business, to life in general. It has nothing to do with football. But uh, uh, Steve really identified with that right away. Uh, he talked about how there's there's this there was a culture in the organization with the Saints of excuse making and blaming others. And we still see that. Right. Blame the officials for that loss. Blame this, blame that. Sean Payton never allowed his teams to do that. That's one. Of, now he might privately tell me, "Yeah, that was a terrible call. That official's terrible." But he wouldn't do it publicly or in his message to the team because he didn't want to let it be a crutch to, for an excuse. It's one yeah. of his great strengths as a leader. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So, are you happy with what we got for Sean Payton in terms of draft picks? 
Yeah, I think it turned out great. I thought Mickey Loomis did a great job. I mean, he went into that wanting to get a first rounder and a little bit more, and I think he got a lot more. I mean, you got what could be a high second round pick next year. Uh, so those assets are extremely valuable. I think now they've got a lot of flexibility, Ricky. I mean, the Saints have that late first round pick. They've got their own second round pick. They can, they can move around if they want to go up and get somebody or if they want to drop down and get more picks. Uh, they're a, a team that's going to need a strong draft because of the salary cap problems they've got right now going forward. They need a lot of rookie contracts, cheap labor, if you will. And this gives them a few more options now to add to that roster. And with, uh, you know, this is the, the, the time of year when Jeff Ireland steps to the forefront. Uh, you know what I think of him. He's one of the best personnel evaluators in the business. Uh, he's proven time and time again that he can find guys in the second, third, and fourth round that become really top-level NFL players. So, to me, it worked out really well for the Saints. I think it worked out well for Sean. And I know that Sean and Mickey wanted this to be a win-win scenario, and I I think it played out that way. Yeah, Ireland's amazing. You've helped me learn about him and how good he is. And this past past, uh, draft is no exception, is it? No, look, I mean, they found a guy like Alante Taylor. I remember when they drafted him, I'd heard his name, but I was like, I need to read more about this guy. Didn't know much about him. And look at him this year. I mean, he ends up being basically a starting caliber cornerback that no, very few people even knew about. Uh, they find a guy like, uh, you know, Rashid Shahid in the undrafted free agent ranks who now might be a starting receiver for your team, uh, you know, was an impact player. Uh, I can go down the list over and over and over. I mean, uh, the the two first-rounders were both uh, core players now for the future, Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. Uh, This ended up being a very, very good productive draft. It's going to be so interesting staying in touch with you as we not only watch Sean Payton from a distance, uh, it's going to, it'll be fascinating watching him install his system in Denver and how he how he deals with Russell Wilson. But it'll also be interesting to watch how the Saints deal with their salary cap issues and hopefully do it in a way that doesn't gut the team, that gives us the opportunity, gives us a foundation for success as we go forward. Next week, we'll talk more about the defensive coaches. There's been some changes there. We'll get into some of the, some of the discussion about that. But for now it's been great to catch up with you my friend yeah thanks ricky have a great weekend everyone i'll talk to you next week buddy no doubt this has been jeff duncan from noel.com and the times picking and have a great weekend a super talk mississippi media production